0: Episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host Pat Sorois, back up in there for the 2020 with my co-host Kath Barbadoro. Kath, how you doing? Hi, Pat.
1: I'm good.
0: Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Isn't it just going wonderfully? <laughs> like, oh it- yeah,
1: really. I I can't believe it's only been this year for what six days at this point yeah. i feel like we should be halfway through march yeah, yeah. uh
0: holy moly shout out to very very funny awesome comic robin reynolds who tweeted yesterday and this tweet will get less funny as time goes on but he just said uh uh you know it's been a rough january but thank god it's almost over <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ooh, Which, i feel that yeah feel yeah, like yeah, on yeah, phones, yeah,
0: yeah that, yeah, that <laughs> caught me straight in the chest oh man <laughs> But, uh, no, I, I, I mean, aside from impending doom and uh, the fact that there's an, a continent on fire, uh, how has your New Year's been going?
1: Uh, it's been all right. It's been all right. Uh, yeah, nothing – no major changes to report uh, except my gym is more crowded now. That's wow. pretty much the only change in my life. That's got to feel uh, really
0: good, though, being like, I was here before all these dickheads.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm good for them. Like, I have no, uh, you know, I'm not gonna talk shit about them, but uh, I definitely have to wait a little longer. That's that's the main yeah. change in my life. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just be, I would be straight up, like, just like looking at the other people who I know have been there for a long time, rolling my eyes and feeling like part of the crowd. That's feeling how like, I get yeah, it.
1: Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're in the club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I feel like I want to do that, but I feel like. I, I go at a lot of different times, so there are, like, a few people that I identify as regulars who probably know who I am, Yeah. but I feel like because I don't look like I'm super in shape, I feel like people just assume that I am also new. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now I want to, like, prove myself to all these people, like, no, yeah. no, I'm a Jim OG. I've been here
0: for a year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been here yeah, it's, it's getting your eye, like like, rolls her eyes at you. Like, I've been here since last year.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was a New Year's Resolution gym goer last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) And what do you know? Still here, buddy, so. (laughs) It can
1: work. That's why I'm not going to, I would never talk shit on those people, because I pretty much was a new year's resolution gym person and I still go. So yeah. if you're out there if you're working on your new year's resolutions good for you. If uh, you made some new year's resolutions and you've already broken them also good for you. That's fine. <laughs> Don't beat yourself up. Yeah,
0: I have I haven't really made any resolution. And this this is generally how the this more successful Bouts with my uh, self-improvement happen is I don't do anything like resolutions or anything It's just something happens. I'm like, whoa, I need to make a real change real quick And then it happens to be around like a, a signifying. Yeah, game. so yeah, but things have been, things that's have been kinda, going good
1: That's kind of how I was with the gym last year I think that's like a good way to do it and you just sort of like hit your wagon to it being like oh I guess this is kind of a new year thing without like okay starting this year I'm gonna change all of these things about myself and like all at once and I yeah like that yeah. doesn't necessarily
0: yeah well. at that point folks you're just lying cheating and stealing yourself you know <laughs> like uh, man.
1: exactly you're your biggest mark
0: yeah yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah yeah no I um yeah I just kind of like yeah the things that kind of started falling into place towards like the last week of the year which you know it took me 50 51 weeks but I finally got it together so good yeah congrats yeah but uh um, <laughs> so speaking of I don't know self improvement. Let's call it that. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I I have uh, I I figure so it's close enough. It's getting to February. That's a romantic month, right? That's Valentine's Day is coming around, and sure. I just uh, uh, an alert listener brought this story of just these two young lovers to my attention, and it's a captivating captivating tale. Um, I wanted to talk today about the the lives of uh, let's see Jocelyn Kirsch and Ed Anderton. Um, this is a uh, we're uh, actually reading today from a Rolling Stone article. We're going all the way back to 2008, the March okay. 20th issue. Yeah. So I just remember where you were in 08, the, you know, Ooh, the tail end. Of-
1: uh, dealing with a drinking problem in college. That's yeah. where I
0: was. <laughs> I was dealing with a drinking problem not in college. And so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I get it. So – um yeah, with this uh, this actually story takes place today in Philadelphia. So you know the city. Of... Speaking
1: of drinking problems.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, man, shout out to the Eagles who lost last night. Um, I I have a genetic disorder where I look like a Philadelphia Eagles fan and. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You have yeah, this um, this congenital condition. Yeah.
0: That, you know. yeah. uh, like were
1: people were people just uh, spontaneously apologizing to you today?
0: No, no, no I, I didn't go out in public yet. Uh, I, I just like I I, I left the house to come here. but like earlier in the season, I, I went to go to a, to do a mic at Mr. Tramp's. Um, which uh, and Mr. Trans has like a, it's like a transplant bar when it comes to sports teams. Like they yeah. ho- they host a lot of like soccer matches and, and 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 shit that you know like like weird like the the transplants of other cities to make that their home to go watch games and stuff. Yeah. And before the mic, a uh, a couple earlier in the season, it was a uh, Eagles game. And fucking uh, – so I, I go, I'm just chilling there, and all the comics started noticing that I looked like every just schlub wearing an Eagles jersey in, <laughs> in the in the, the place. And uh, I snapped a photo where I'm sitting on a bar bench, and every face – it's like a profile shot of myself. Every face past my own might as well be my face. <laughs> like, oh, damn.
1: It's like that meme of all of those white guys sitting on the bleachers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that? It's that, but it's all pats.
0: Yeah, yeah just a bunch of pats. Even, <laughs> even the 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 – even though the lesbian gal at the end of the row definitely, if you go on my Facebook, she still looks like we could be sisters. So, or she could be my sister, rather, I should say. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have that kinship with the city of Philadelphia in that I genetically appear that I live there. So, but uh. it's
1: good to know you always have a home there, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. I can always go back to a place I've never been. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this, uh, this this jumps right this this uh, jumps right in the the action here. Uh, this, this first line is a bit of a doozy, but uh, she told everyone her boobs were real, which was a laugh. They were immobile and perfectly round and looked airbrushed even in person. She credited her violet eyes to Lithuanian jeans rather than the purple contact lenses she wore. And on this on this afternoon last November, sitting in a Philadelphia hair salon with a college textbook open on her lap. She told the stylist she was a University of Pennsylvania student named Morgan Greenhouse.
1: Okay, I just, for, first of all, I don't want to be rude, but purple contacts are a big warning sign. Yeah,
0: no, for real. Yeah, <laughs> like, if, if the color of your eyes is not a naturally, I, I, I mean, is violet naturally attainable?
1: I, it's Eye color. very, very rare. Like, yeah. some people say um, Elizabeth Taylor had, had violet eyes, so, yeah. like, you can, but it's I I mean even contact lenses of natural eye colors don't look real. No, they do. So yeah, I'm imagining like bright purple and it's just like if you're someone who doesn't want drama in your life, stay away from the woman with <laughs> yeah. the
0: <contact. laughs> Yeah, I had a boss once uh who's actually a really nice guy, but he had super spiky hair and he was a very dark complexed dude. He had blue contact lenses and so he's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's called Goku and uh, we had a good deal with <laughs> <going. laughs> him. Oh, so, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, she's in there just setting off all kinds of red flags. Um, So she said, I love this, uh, Jocelyn Kirsch declared, fingering her new $2,200 auburn hair extensions. Uh, Don't you love it? Her boyfriend, Ed Anderton, looked on adoringly. I love it, he echoed. The two of them returned to their murmured conversation discussing the $400 room they planned to rent at the W Hotel once Jocelyn finished taking her final exams. After that, they planned to spend the winter break vacationing in Morocco. So uh, big plans, these two. Uh, Jocelyn and Ed made performance art out of their extravagance. They posted photos on Facebook with their constant travels, smooching under the Eiffel Tower, riding horses along Hawaiian beaches, sunning themselves on Caribbean sand. They lived in one of Philadelphia's most expensive neighborhoods, Rittenhouse Square, uh, Mm -hmm. and they dined in Price—
1: That's where Helium Comedy Club is. Really, I
0: know it well. Oh, okay, that's what's up. <laughs> yeah, I, I there's many cities that I only know the parts of town around the comedy club, and yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I, I say Helium Comedy Club sounds like they lucked out because <laughs> most comedy, like I for example, I know the area of Houston surrounding the secret group very well, and it's just tent cities and weird Scotty Peterson warehouses. So, yeah,
1: exactly. No, uh, <laughs> Helium is a classy joint, that's what's
0: up. That's what's up. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, they lived in Rittenhouse Square. They dined at, you know, fancy restaurants. Uh they and she said they said she danced on tables in the trendiest bars. Uh friends figured Ed must have been pulling in a big salary. He was a financial analyst, so it seemed plausible. He was a bright Sure,
1: that's one of those jobs where it's like, I don't know what you do, but I would he, I it it is a satisfactory explanation if you have money.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If your job title has the word financial in it, it's just like I'm like, all right, whatever, man. Lie to me. I'm, yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he was, uh, and he was a recent Penn grad who would majored in economics. Now, Jocelyn uh, held herself out as some kind of trust fund baby with a closet full of expensive clothes. Uh, you know, they said, you know, uh, average output, uh, like for example, today at her hair appointment, she was wearing true religion jeans, a navy cashmere hoodie, and white juicy couture flats. And... Oh,
1: 2008, baby! Extremely, yeah. <laughs>
0: 2008. Uh, sir. The 08 energy is off the charts here. <laughs> All right, so
1: I can just imagine the highlight she's getting, too. Like yeah, <laughs> I
0: have a whole vision. <laughs> So uh, yeah, this is like every girl I used to walk like walk walk past me in the mall when I moved to Hartford, Connecticut, that I worked at, where I was just like, oh, I'll never talk to her, I'll never talk to her, and i will talk to her. <laughs> it's just this girl <laughs> walking by a million times. Uh, so, oh, money's not an issue. Uh, she told the Giovanni and Pellegrini stylist at her consultation a week earlier, she'd put down a five hundred dollar deposit using a credit card number phoned in by Mister Greenhouse, her remarkably young sounding father, <laughs>
1: Mister Greenhouse.
0: Yeah, so that so that's kind of where you know. Uh, uh, that's where they they, they 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 were at that day, kind of jumping into the, the action here, giving a little backstory. So, Jocelyn actually showed up at uh, Drexel University in fall of 2003. Uh, they said she strolled on campus, showing off her legs in a denim mini skirt and tan Uggs. Again, O.A. energy on fleek, uh, in full makeup with a bunny rabbit named Frisbee peeking from her oversized Coach handbag. Uh, she was, yeah,
1: that poor bunny rabbit.
0: What is he doing? I, you know, I looked up and I looked far and wide for updates on the bunny and it just there's nothing out there. (laughs) I just feel
1: like if you're bringing a bunny out with you, you better be feeding it a lot of Xanax, which is also very sad.
0: You, you, so help me God, you better be pumping that bunny full of Xanax. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, she was a freshman, but she'd already acquired a boyfriend on campus, a strapping ROTC senior that we'll call Thomas, uh, whose dorm suite mates would never forget the first time he brought her by. They were all lazing around watching television when Thomas let her in. Jocelyn looked different back then, ordinary pretty, with mousy brown curls, and for a few moments she just stood there awkwardly. But in an instant, her manner became so outrageously flirtatious that nobody was watching TV anymore. Jocelyn proceeded to tell them a little bit about herself. She was the daughter of two high-profile plastic surgeons with homes in California and North Carolina. She was fluent in Russian, which she learned growing up in Lithuania. Later, she'd tell classmates she spoke eleven languages, including Turkish, Czech, Afrikaans. Uh, she also mentioned that she was an athlete who had qualified for the 2004 Olympic uh, U.S. Olympic team. In all Pol- right, pick
1: yeah. <laughs> a lane, lady. Yeah. Don't fly about
0: all of it. Yeah, right. Yeah, just oh man, you're all over the place. Yeah, it's, uh, I just also
1: like Lithuania. I'm the. Dog- Daughter of Lithuanian plastic surgeons is like such a funny specific yeah. like, <laughs> fiction to weave.
0: It's like you That's had three, three hats: one was like familial relation, one was nationality, one was occupation. <laughs> yeah, and she's exactly. like, "Let's see, I am the daughter of Lithuanian <laughs> plastic surgeons." <laughs> So um, so she, she said that she was uh, qualified for the US Olympic team in pole vaulting. Uh, That's surprising, said Penn student Emily Heffern, uh, Heffernan, who was there visiting her boyfriend, Jason. She said, Drexel doesn't have a track team. And <laughs> Jocelyn just said, Yeah, I trained with Penn, and then winked <laughs> at her, and she sat on Jason's lap. Whoa. <laughs> oh. Wow. I trained. Yeah, I actually trained at your school, and then sits on your, man, on your man's lap. <laughs> Yo, the, the just the brazenness here. So, no one at Drexel knew what to make of Jocelyn. Uh, men found her mesmerizing. Her relationships with women were another story. Uh, one girl said she was like Regina George and Mean Girls. Uh, she would stare at you like you had spaghetti sauce all over you. Then choose a careful compliment like "I like your bag," and then add oh. "Mine's mark Jacobs. It costs fifteen hundred dollars."
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've talked about this on the show before, but like, there is. Like internalized misogyny is real and women, women do uh, occasionally dislike each other for stupid reasons. Yeah. But when, when like men, when a bunch of women are like, this woman is bad news and all the men are like, I don't see what the problem yeah, is. Yeah. That woman is usually bad news. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, man, I get that. I, I used to, when I was younger, I worked at a pawn shop with um all I was the old, I was the youngest person in the pawn shop by ten years at the least, and uh, I was definitely the only guy. So I essentially had four. Four more moms for like two years mm-hmm. that I worked there, and for the first year I worked there, I had I had I was at the end of a long term relationship, and then the last year I worked there, I was single, and yeah, those women told gave me so many good bits of information that I just completely <laughs> threw the wind. I was like, <laughs> I don't know about that one, Pat. I was like, What do you mean? I met her in a pawn shop. She's got to be cool. <laughs> 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 oh man. So you know the truth obviously about Jocelyn wasn't as exciting as she uh, as she advertised. Mm-hmm. She was a child of privilege and divorced. She was raised in affluent Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Her father, Lee, was a plastic surgeon, was not Lithuanian. Um, they said he was kind of just a meek guy, had a you know, he's known for community service though. He did give to charity. He volunteered as a doctor for the high school athletic department, and he did host a Lithuanian exchange student. And it's wow. every every lie has a grain, man, a grain of truth in there. <laughs> Uh, who Jocelyn did take that kid to prom, so um, <laughs> wonder what he's doing. So then by Jocelyn, by then
1: what a what a like wow yeah, yeah. you're dating your own exchange student. What yeah, a what Yeah yeah
0: right yeah. <laughs> I had to import my boyfriend. All you basic <laughs> bitches with your domestic boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh at this point now yeah, that her parents did, did split up, and uh, she Jocelyn lived with her mother, who was a nurse completing her doctorate in public health. Uh, Jocelyn also had a brother, Aaron, one year older, whom she shut out so completely that friends were unaware he even existed. Good for Aaron. yeah, um, yeah so she always got one of her high school friends, uh, Kate Agnelli, said she always got the sense that her home life wasn't very happy. Uh, Jocelyn was closed mouth uh, closed mouth about her relationship with her family and rarely brought friends home. Uh, but her anger would bleed through into public life. You could tell she had a little bit of like uh, saltiness there. Uh, class rates rem- classmates, classmates, remembered her doing like high risk behaviors that teenagers do when they're unhappy. Like they said, like when she came through, it was just like disappeared cell phones and sunglasses in her wake. Like if she came mm-hmm. through, everybody's phone was gone and everybody's sunglasses were missing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: She's acting out.
0: Yeah, they so said she was always hungry for male attention. She'd tell a later lover that she cheated on every boyfriend she ever had. Uh, Each year she reinvented herself, trading in new friends for old ones, transforming from goth girl to Abercrombie prep to outdoorsy rock climber to frisky cheerleader wannabe. Uh, I've seen like fake goth girl is the funniest thing to me. I've seen seen fake, not just goth girl, I've seen fake goth person wind (laughs) up in somebody's little repertoire for a while and that's always a trip to me. It's
1: a good phase.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, so they said she used to be a good student, but, you know, as time went on, uh, you know, she was, uh, suspended twice for cheating. Uh, she would also lie about her absences. Like if she got suspended for cheating, she would be like, "No, I was visiting my dying grandparents or that she was visiting another relative who was battling, or I'm sorry, that her herself was battling ovarian cancer. So she never just got suspended for cheating. It was like, yo, I actually had some shit going on.
1: Right. I mean, the classic, the... Saying you have cancer is just like the bread and butter of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> Constant. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, the fact that we get to like uh, occasionally catch out the Patreon and I'll be like, "This is all of fake cancer money, baby." You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, this. So basically, like one of her friends said, she had been crying out for help forever. Like she doesn't like who she is, so she invents something she thinks is better, and that's you know, as uh, a tale as time, ty- a, ty- uh, a tale as old as time itself. So when she finally made it to Drexel, classmates noticed that when Jocelyn wasn't running her mouth, she didn't know what to say. Like if she was quiet, she felt uncomfortable. So she'd occasionally just blurt out an outrageous lie. Like she'd go to buy something at Urban Outfitters and come back saying they asked her to be a model. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Suddenly illusions
1: of grandeur. Yeah.
0: Suddenly she felt comfortable again. Like there's this this girl that I know uh, who is um, she's very Jocelyn-esque, and uh, she was telling about this guy she was dating who was a paramedic. Which is, that's cool. Like, you're dating a paramedic. I met the guy. He seemed paramedic-y. I didn't doubt that. But she was like, later on, she's like, Pat, he's like the what? He's like the chief paramedic in Austin. I was like, oh, no, he's not, because that's not a thing. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, no. Also, yeah, you're, you, I don't think a guy who uh, was so dedicated that he would uh, attain that level would be hanging out with you. Like, you know, <laughs> anyways. <that's,
1: laughs>
0: yeah, so, um Yeah, so she would like just tell these lies. Her boyfriend Thomas, the ROTC guy, uh, his sweet mates started started spotting Jocelyn's name in their dorm's guest log, even though she wasn't there to be found. And they'd find out that she was actually visiting the brawny swimmer next door. Come on, Jocelyn. Yeah, Uh, I loved her. Says Thomas. Now I thought we had a future. They made a curious Uh. pair. The glamour, yeah, the glamour girl and the clean cut ROTC engineering major. But he was graduating and heading for her life in the army, so he wanted to savor what little time they had left. He knew Jocelyn was in for a rough transition without him because he said she didn't like being alone. Um, she didn't intend to stay alone for long, though. That fall, Jocelyn returned to campus transformed, with bleach blonde hair, permatan and a new set of breasts, all of which she insisted were natural. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I, like again, it's two thousand eight. I I can imagine the like her walking in, like the yeah, intro- yeah, be playing um. Uh, Pass That Dutch by Missy Elliott that's the song that would be playing and she would be slow motion walking into college yeah yeah
0: yeah just, just like uh, passing like a, a throng of girls at some table and they're just looking at her all pissed off <laughs>
1: Yeah. <yep. laughs>
0: so uh, yeah basically she had re- reinvented herself again this time as a centerfold quality beauty with a savvier brasher personality to match and so that's, that's where where we leave uh, the, the Jocelyn uh, portion of the story for now. Now, across town, a few blocks away at University of Pennsylvania, uh, that's right. where Edward Kyle Anderton, uh, the other figure in our story, was winding down his college career in obscurity. Most people considered Ed a good guy, if only because he had no discernible personality. That's how you do it, man. <laughs> if you, like, you, just, just, you just, you know, like if you got nothing, you, then, then nobody can hate you.
1: Go about your business, man. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, uh, they said he was a pretty good looking dude, but even those good looks failed to distinguish him. Uh, He had dark hair atop a heart-shaped face, disarming smile and ears that stuck out a few degrees too far. He was handsome, but not overly so. He would stroll around the well-tended campus, and if you looked around, Ed Anderton just kind of tended to blend in the background. Utterly forgettable. Sure. Um, he hadn't always been so anonymous. He grew up in Everett, Washington, uh, where his uh, high sc- his achievements at his high school set him apart. They said he was a straight-Ace driver and a standout swimmer. And at one time, the Seattle Times named him Star of the Month. So it doesn't get much bigger than that.
1: that uh, that's his main achievement as yeah, a planned, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, my hometown newspaper one time did a a, a monthly feature on me for my swimming <laughs> accomplishments. Uh, but yeah, so they said he was pretty. He was he was friendly but never outgoing. He was a little shy, uh, said a friend of his, Danielle Newton. But when you uh, at home with his family, he'd really open up. Apparently, he was very close with his family. Uh, unlike Jocelyn, Ed's background was middle class. His father, Kyle, worked in circulation for the Seattle Times. Ooh, maybe his dad got is the the leg in that got him that Star of the Month. I don't want to go right, spreading yeah, lies. Ooh. Is yeah. that a scam here? <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, and anyways, folks. Yeah, that was uh, his dad felt really bad. Anyways, thank you for tuning in. No, uh, so yeah, like for example, like uh, when his kid was to, came time for Kyle and his uh, brothers and sisters to go to college, his dad uh, took a uh, took a second job. Uh, his mother Lori was a stay at home mom. They were a wholesome clan, and they would get silly playing board games, and they seemed to enjoy one another's company. Uh, when Ed was admitted to Penn on scholarship, his family couldn't have been prouder. But at Penn, Ed was just one bright undergrad among one bright undergrad among ten thousand others. Intimidated, Ed tried assuming the confident airs of his Ivy League peers. But if he made any sort of impression, it was for the way he feigned cheered to mask something else. Somebody said his niceness didn't seem that genuine. When you talked to him, there was a feeling of disconnect. He was always a bit fake. And when Ed wasn't making an effort to be pleasant, he revealed a very different side—one that was brusque and impatient. Uh, somebody once said, if you weren't on his good side, he'd make that clear instead of fraternity brother. He just always seemed like a dick. <laughs> I, I, I kind of <laughs> Yeah, fraternity brothers it cut, it cut straight to the point there. But they say Ed, uh, Ed got by just fine. He studied hard. Uh, he joined the swim team, majored in economics, and joined the frat Alpha Chi Rho. Uh, they said he seemed to have his life together. Uh, he went to work after, after graduating in 2005, he went to work for Johnson & Johnson, uh, where he worked as an analyst for the giant, and then, oh, sorry, after that, he worked as an analyst for the giant real estate company, uh, Lubert Adler. So, his hard work had come to fruition. He's 24, he worked in downtown Philly, he commanded a comfortable five-figure salary. All Ed needed was someone to share it with.
1: Yeah, he's doing good. He's... A uh, classic uh, boring guy trajectory. In his yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. best a boring guy can do. Yeah, just, just
0: a solid. The you know the yeah the best you can expect from a tall Ed. <laughs> just, exactly. <laughs>
1: just a tall, <laughs> generically handsome white man. Yeah. Named Ed. Let him. Yeah. Let him make that high five figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Just, just, just stumbling upward his whole life. Uh, <laughs> and the, now back over to Jocelyn. They say, in the seduction department, Jocelyn had become a steamroller. Nothing more seductive than a steamroller. Um, Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wonderful metaphor. Yeah, it's like, ooh, look at that. Long, flat, pressing roll. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, one night at a a Drexel house party, a skinny indie rock guy named Jason the Vertibello caught her eye. So she ran after him as he was leaving the party, and this is just sexual assault here. She pushed him against the wall and made out with him and held him by the collar so he wouldn't run away.
1: Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I get I get the steamroller metaphor. Yeah, yeah, now but, that makes more sense. Now yeah. I understand. <laughs>
0: oh, that it that would be like fucking a steamroller. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty
1: much.
0: So, by that time, Jocelyn had developed a fearsome dramatic spurt streak. Uh, uh once uh, uh yeah, well, like sometimes she would get mad, and Vertibello said he would beg her, like, "What did I do throughout their ten month relationship?" And she would say, "The fact that you don't know just shows how fucked up you are." Like, which, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone ever says that
1: to you in a relationship, get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, I
0: just beat feet. Yeah, man. Like, I should have had to say anything. And you're like, well, oh, well, that's not yeah. how this works. Um, sure. She was forever berating him in public, and when he tried to walk away from her tantrum, she'd flail at him with her bony arms. Uh, I was a little <laughs> scared of her admits for bello. I just let her have her way, which is classic sign of abuse. Like, yeah. Don't put up with that, folks. So he wasn't alone. Everyone gave J- Jocelyn lots of leeway, uh, as so many Jocelyns tend to do. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. That- a purple contacts Jocelyn Like
0: yeah Stay yeah, out of yeah, the way yeah. And so she s- Kind of seemed to sit, sit Stand alone in a world Apart from her friends And peers uh, Her friends all Lived in the dorms She had a 1600 A month loft With a rooftop pool uh, Sometimes she would Take her friend Sally Cook Out shopping with her On you know uh, Using her father's Credit card They drop five grand At Neiman Marcus And she oh, would yeah. just She would just say like Oh my dad's gonna be So mad And then she would like <laughs> Rearrange all her Oversized bags And then she would be like Look at Cook And be like Oh you're so lucky you just have one bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cook said that Jocelyn is extremely confident. There's no cap to how strong she is or how arrogant she is. She wants what she wants, and every, and she feels like she's entitled to it. Uh, even Jocelyn's own father seemed yeah. coward, like like her cowed. Uh, when Lee Kirsch, that's her father, flew to Philly to take his daughter to Cirque du Soleil, uh, Banging out $190 a pop for VIP tickets. Uh, They said that her friends said that Jocelyn just treated him with utter contempt. She literally would say, Dad, shut up. She told him in the VIP tent, putting as much distance between them as possible, except to hand her father an armload of merchandise to buy. So, yeah. uh, (laughs)
1: What a a quality visit with your daughter. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, God. I just, you know, I love that little girl. She's just, (laughs) that's, that's my baby. Uh, so Jocelyn tried to appear unflappable, but her life was unraveling. Uh, on the side, she was still dating Thomas, visiting him at army bases all over the country. Uh, then in March 2006, the month after she seduced Vertibello, seduces is a weird word, then the month after she assaulted Vertibello. Right. Uh, Thomas got deployed to Afghanistan, where he was injured by an IED. Damn. Sorry, Thomas. Uh, Jocelyn told him in their phone conversation that she was beside herself with worry, and in her moments alone, she sought comfort in old habits. That's when she got back to one of her favorite things to do, which was shoplifting. Uh, She would just, you know, go around to places like she had previously got busted in CVS and Lord & Taylor, and just classic Jocelyn energy. When she got caught, she just broke down and wept with a purse full of cosmetics. Uh, Sure. Two or three, two. They said two of the three charges were dropped. Uh, she pleaded guilty to the department store theft. Uh, that was from uh, Lord and Taylor. And Jocelyn told Vertabeller nothing about her brushes with the law, so he didn't know like that. Yeah. Like his, his, yeah, his girlfriend's like also getting arrested all the time. Aside from just physically assaulting him. Um, They made an odd couple, they say, that Vertibello was a sensitive punk who lived in his Minor Threat t-shirt, but she had a knack for snaring guys so grateful for her attention they'd let her get away with anything. Oh, what's that like? (laughs) Um, She has this magnetism, Vertibello said. She can make you feel like the brightest star in the sky, but she can also make you feel like nothing at all. He was convinced they were soulmates. (laughs) And Jocelyn approved it with each love note that she wrote him in beautiful script. And one day, uh, while Vertibello discovered her sobbing, she confided in him about her brother, a soldier named Thomas, who had just got hurt by an IED in Iraq. Oh, my
1: God. (laughs) Jocelyn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're a mess, girl. So, God. Ugh,
1: yeah. Okay.
0: It was a testament to Jocelyn's powerful allure that Vertibello stayed in the picture uh, because Thomas' hung photo or framed photo hung on her apartment wall. Jesus. Uh, yeah, he th- he, she
1: was just like, It's my brother. It's my brother, oh, yeah. My it's my brother who my brother. <laughs> Go, <laughs> Go ahead.
0: <laughs> oh, she was like, It's her brother that sends her flowers. That's another thing. <laughs> so, right. My brother that sends me
1: flowers and doesn't look like me. It yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My hot brother who doesn't look like me. <laughs> Yeah, we have yeah we have this like weird game where we text like we're not brother and sister. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, so yeah, because they said that like uh, every time Thomas would bring something up about her not it not being her brother, she would you know manage to talk her way out of it, explaining that she. So finally he figured it out and said that's not. Your brother, and she goes, Look, okay, I have a brother and an ex boyfriend in the army, they're both named Thomas. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but that the flower deliveries that was my brother, he's the one that sends me flowers. The Thomas I date would never think to do that. <laughs> so, Vertabella said of the whole thing, Hey, what do you want? She can make me believe anything. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> yeah. Then one evening in the fall of 2006, while spooning Jocelyn in bed. Vertibello nuzzled the plush fabric of her Juicy Couture sweatshirt, breathing in her scent, and noticed that she was busy texting someone. Vertibello looked over her shoulder in time to read her message to, to the guy she was texting. She said, my cute capitalist, winky face. Uh, oh, yeah, this is pre-emoji, too. She put the nose in and everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he knew, that there could only, that he knew that that could only be one person, her new economics tutor, Ed Anderton. So, oh, shit. Okay, so now we got the two two young lovebirds together, we got Ed, we got Jocelyn. Uh, Now, how they met, they had crossed paths one night in September when Ed was out drinking in downtown Philadelphia. Uh, One glance at Jocelyn, Ed was toast. Jocelyn was smitten as well. The next day she told Sally Cook, this is her homegirl who she belittles all the time, yeah, uh, and probably has stand close to her in photos.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. This is this is uh, the Natalie to her Caroline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by
0: the way, I love that. It was a couple weeks ago, when you're like, uh, Caroline tweeted out like the wonderful advice about saving money by buying groceries. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. If you want to eat healthy, buy healthy food at the grocery store.
0: That's Oh, really nice. um, and, and we got that for free. You know, like some people yeah. had to pay for that, but yeah,
1: she's full of wonders, full of wisdom, yeah. that woman.
0: <laughs> So, yeah, so she was out. Uh, she ran down his vitals. He's actually kind of looked like Vertibello, she had told her homegirl. Uh, but, you know, he was better groomed, and he worked in finance, and he made $115,000 a year. Uh, that's yeah. actually twice what he made. But... that's <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> So, from the beginning, the two were always publicly making out, broadcasting their relationship to the world. Everyone noticed him, which provided the kind of attention Jocelyn had come to expect. But it was a new experience for Ed, because uh, in the light of Jocelyn's affections, Ed had turned into a somebody at this point. You know, Now he's, now he's important. He's successful. Yeah. And as malleable as Jocelyn's personality was, Ed proved to be just as plastic. He just became her perfect sidekick. He was a cocky braggart who always mentioned his Ivy League education and supposed six-figure salary. Again, they, they know that was double what actually made yeah um ed embraced jocelyn's flirtatiousness too at clubs they'd split up to hit on strangers and watch each other's progress from across the bar
1: i that is so fucked up yeah ew Ew.
0: such a gross thing i've never been i was thinking about like i've never been in a relationship with where both the people were hot i haven't pulled that one (laughs) off yet (laughs) but like there is weird like there's this like this subsect of humanity that like People actively want to fuck. They're just, like, really attractive people. And, like, yeah, they do things like this. Like, I, I two of my close friends, I used to work at at and uh, this beautiful girl named Stephanie, and this dude who ran nameless uh, who looks like Zac Efron. So just go through my friends list, and when you see Zac Efron roll up, that's my boy. But, like, I we at a party one time, and they were, like, Making out with each other, and they were both seeing somebody at the time too. We all all worked together, and they were making out with each other. And I just heard of, like overheard their conversation. And she was like, "Do you want to like meet anybody here to bring home?" And he was like, "I don't know what's up." And I was like, "That's a life I'll never know. Like that's just
1: yeah, this is, that weird. is not
0: yeah. Like I'll just like like the fact that like if they, if they decided that's what they wanted to do, it was gonna happen." And I was it, like, "Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. It was just a matter of like deciding who like it was yeah. going to happen." Yeah. <laughs> that, that is that is true. Like I've ne- I have never been in a situation where uh, I've dated someone and gone somewhere and just been like, man, everyone in here wants to fuck both of us. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, never, yeah. That's never the vibe.
0: Yeah, wow. I have literally stood guard over a table in Colleen, Texas, at a bar, <laughs> just been like back up, back up, you animals. But like never. Have I. <laughs> so Jocelyn already had a boyfriend. Uh, Ed had discovered that fact on an embarrassing morning when he'd come over for brunch and Vertibello had opened the door in his boxers. Uh, Ed just stood there frozen, what? clutching a bottle of Simply Orange. <laughs> While Jocelyn worked her mentalist magic on both men. But Ed divined the quickest path to her heart. He made sure he was always pulling out his wallet and that everyone noticed his largesse. Uh Together, Ed and Jocelyn made a striking and strikingly shallow pair. And <laughs> that's what I... It does suck, but good for... Vertebello, that he just got bought out you know eventually like he just got like he didn't have the money to stay in the game because it sounds like he dodged uh, he dodged a huge bullet and didn't have to pay any money to figure it out so yeah good for him he's gonna go back yeah hanging out with his fucking philly punk boys
1: yeah i i feel like that is if you're if you're dating someone like that and you're just like okay this is out of my pay grade like it's probably for the best to get out yeah yeah
0: for sure (laughs) So Jocelyn and Ed, uh, three months after they met, they de- they departed for a New Year's trip to Paris. Uh, other travelers their age might have been backpacking, but these two spent their vacation in four and five star hotels, shopping at Gucci and skiing the French Alpine slopes. They dressed for maximum impact. Jocelyn's wardrobe included a rabbit fur vest, red thigh high boots, and crotch length strand of pearls. Uh,
1: oh hell yeah!
0: Ed held his own in a lavender button down with a leather man purse. So again, like this is I guess we're maybe like an 09 at this point. So.
1: I Yeah, I'm really appreciating these vivid descriptions yeah, of these outfits, because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really helping me put a time and a place to this.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So they snapped dozens of photos, which Jocelyn posted on Facebook, and this is actually how uh, Vertibello and Thomas, the guy in the army, uh, who each thought they were dating Jocelyn exclusively, this is how they found out that was not the case. <laughs> yeah, oh. on Facebook. Early Facebook, too, when like you were just not used to having your heart broken in such a way.
1: Right, yeah, yeah, you weren't used to uh, social media revealing unintentionally revealing too much about somebody. Yeah,
0: man, I remember at the end of my first relationship, like just being like on MySpace, like top eight. What the? How's he in her top eight? What is this? You know, like, <laughs> 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 oh man, those
1: were the days. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the pair, um, and so they, they went, they had, they had a good time out there in, in Paris, and they did bring home a souvenir, a sign they'd swiped from a cafe that said, warning, professional bag thieves operate in this area. Keep a close eye on all your personal belongings at all times. <laughs> that is going to be very prescient as we as we move forward. Okay. Um, so Ed and Jocelyn swiftly morphed into a nouveau rich set of brats intent on getting the things that they wanted, no, the things they deserved, uh, like their new two-bedroom apartment in Bel- in the Belgravia, uh, a grand building owned by Ed's company. Their third floor pad was huge, high ceiling, uh, decorated in ultra-modern style, black lacquer, chrome furnishings, the whole nine. Uh, Jocelyn's walk-in closet was strewn with designer clothes. Ed's closet, everything neatly pressed and hung. They used their second bedroom as an office, uh, and curiously enough, it was stocked with uh, four computers, two printers, a scanner, and most curiously, an industrial machine for manufacturing ID cards. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> yeah. just you know, your normal, normal yeah. items. So yeah, squirreled
0: away in their apartment was also a lockbox filled with mini keys, uh, the keys to many of their neighbors' apartments and to all of their mailboxes. Jesus. Uh, yeah, they were known for stopping by the front desk and constantly asking, "Hey, is the mail here yet?" Uh, their crime seemed to have began fairly early in their relationship, so they said that these two had only been together since uh, September of 08, it says 06, but I thought we were here in 08. What is that? at so, uh, hold on, so, uh, the two had only been together since September of 06, said Detective Sweeney, noting that they were arrested a little over a year later, uh, so they managed to do a lot in that short time, which tells me that this was the perfect meeting of the minds. The police say that the neighbors, uh, while well, neighbors were out, the pair would sneak into their apartments and steal their social security numbers, driver's license, uh, bank account info, and in one case, even a passport. They'd open up credit cards and bank accounts and their victims' names, supplying a mailing address on the Penn campus, which was really a UPS store, where the apartment number they'd listed as apartment 124 was actually the number on the P.O. box. Uh, mm. and yeah. <laughs> they did such a good job at this, because Ed actually uh, took a lot of um, he, he took a lot of his, his uh know-how uh, from a Penn student newspaper uh, article titled how to fo- how to spot fake IDs <laughs> he just ah yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah that's this what
1: was, this this is interesting to me because like so like all of their neighbors are struggling with identity theft i'm assuming like i'm imagining an apartment where like not a lot of people talk to each other, so probably nobody's putting it together that, like, yes. they're all dealing with this except for this one couple that lives there. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Because at this point, like, identities have to, like – I don't know about, like, where is that now? But it, it still kind of feels like you've – like a victim blame thing. It's like you messed up somehow. You know what I'm saying? Like, I went, yeah. I went and got my identity stolen or whatever. Like, it's something you may just keep to yourself. Like, people don't – as we've seen, people don't readily – just come forward to the fact that they've been getting ripped off, you know, like.
1: Right, like, and and a lot of times, you know, like you call your credit card company or whatever, but you're not going to go to the police.
0: Like- yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so that yeah, it's uh, so yeah, th- everyone's kind of still in the dark about this. Uh, now, also, now uh, Ed was pretty technically savvy, and he they well they suspect that he uh, had installed Specter spyware uh, software that once installed on the neighbors' computers may have they have may have used to glean confidential information. Uh, when the police ended up disconnecting the pair's computers, the entire building's internet access crashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the police suspect that Ed had rigged everyone's internet accounts to run through his own computer. So, neighbors weren't the only ones at risk. Uh, Morgan Greenhouse, in 07 Pingrad still has no clue how her identity was stolen, only that one day a credit card company called to verify a check she'd written to herself for several thousand dollars. She freaked out, she says. Panicked, she checked her credit online and discovered that seven unauthorized cards with uh, many nearly maxed out to their $3,000 limits. Um... So while some of the this couple's capers seemed well planned, others were stupidly obvious, including preying on their own friends. See that's the thing. It's like when it starts like the circle starts closing in, like you know not like you you, you you go after the people that are close to you, unfortunately. And so
1: Right. If you're especially if this is it's not like they're computer hackers or something. They're like manually breaking into people's houses and stuff. Yeah, so it's like yeah. you can really you're you're really limited to the people you have access to in your immediate kind of circle. So yeah, I guess these people were just shitty enough to go after people they cared about. Yeah,
0: yeah. The uh, the pair had a uh, they for in the summer of two thousand and seven. The pair reportedly spent a weekend in Manhattan crashing with uh, pin Penn- Uh, Crashing with a pin buddy of Ed's, weeks later, the guy and his roommate filed a report with the NYPD claiming 3000 in fraudulent charges. Even Sally Cook, uh, Jocelyn's friend from Drexel, says that she was fleeced, though in a decidedly low-tech way. Shortly after Jocelyn watched Cook punch her pin number into a cash machine, Cook's debit card disappeared, and $600 (laughs) was withdrawn from her account. I called Jocelyn to tell her what happened, Cook remembers, and she was like, Oh, you called the police? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, no
1: reason. I'm not asking yeah. for any reason. Just, just curious. Just she, being your yeah. friend.
0: She said, um, well, because I actually have your debit card here. It's the same color as mine, and I must have <laughs> accidentally used yours, and I guess our PIN numbers are the same? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, Cook did file a police report, but then later let the matter drop. Uh, The incident didn't seem to bother Jocelyn. She was uh, disengaging from campus anyhow, once again shucking her old life for a better one. She and Ed were always flying off somewhere, London, Montreal, Florida, Hawaii, and posting the proof online. At home, uh, she and Ed were attending black tie events. They would act, com- commonly make it into the society pages of Philadelphia Magazine. Uh, there would like pictures of like her laughing and cuddling uh, with a homeboy, and like they said, you know, uh, leopard print dress, bra poking out. Uh, they of became fixture. Yeah. <laughs> They became. I
1: love that. That's Philadelphia high society.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, look at his chicks bra. You know?
1: just, <laughs> just the upper echelon. Yeah.
0: God, she must have like a million dollars or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, they said like uh, she became like a fixture at like uh, like hookah bars. Which man, like, I mean, I don't know. I guess like maybe hookahs tight. I don't know. But like, whatever I hear like if somebody. If I met somebody like this and they're like, oh, I hang out on a hookah bar, I'd A, not be surprised. And B, it would do <laughs> nothing to improve my opinion of hookah bars.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I think it depends on the type of hookah bar, but a lot of them are it's they're a little shady for sure. Yeah. There were shady characters hang out. Yeah,
0: I'd rather just hang out like at a regular bar and smoke a cigarette. I don't know. I just I don't see the <laughs> I don't see the appeal. Um so yeah, so they said that uh Ed chatted uh you know, like yeah. So they would they would hang out there like at, at the hookah bars. They always made the paper for that. Uh, in July, uh, two thousand and seven. Uh, they actually took a long weekend at Turks and Ca- at the Turks and Caicos Ritzy Regent Palms Resort and made spectacles of themselves. Uh, especially Harris as a patron, she worked it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sunning by the infinity pool in matching red bathing suits while the staff fluffed their towels and misted them with water. Ed and Jocelyn were in their element. Ed chatted with other guests about his favorite Philly restaurants while Jocelyn bathed silently behind silver aviators, looking utterly content. Uh, take our picture," Jocelyn asked. A couple lounging beside them, Ed and Jocelyn stood at the pool's edge, wrapping their arms around each other and smiled. So occasionally, reality intruded in unpleasant ways, like when Ed brought Jocelyn home to meet his parents, and Jocelyn barely masked her distance uh, for their home and provincial sensibilities uh, as a gathering of at a gathering of family and friends. Remember, they like to play board games. That's how they said that the, that the family got down. Uh, mm-hmm. She would not play the board game, but would still sit at the table. And just, oh, sit, and
1: just sit there and be rude. And
0: just sit there and be rude. Yeah.
1: How dare you? No, you yeah. get invited to family game night. You play the game. You you're You at the least dice. join somebody's team yeah, while you learn the rules.
0: Yeah, yeah. You become the thimble. <laughs> Even though nobody <laughs> wants the thimble, you be the thimble. That's That's how you exactly. get in, man. Yeah, they said that they would all be sitting there again, like they were just drinking soda, and she would just drink wine, hanging on these po- this poor woman's son with her blouse undone, too but too many buttons or too many buttons, too many. It says a few buttons, too many. Um, I remember Ed's friend Danielle said she made us feel like she was the outsider watching us do our silly little things. It was uncomfortable. Aww. Yeah. Back at home, the couple uh, had also their minor inconvenience of shoehorning their real lives into their jet set lives. Jocelyn had now declared a major in international studies, telling people she hoped to become a UN ambassador. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get them. Jo- yeah, you know what? Yeah, get them. She's basically
1: like, I like to go to Turks and Caicos. Maybe yeah, yeah. this can be yeah. my job. <laughs> she has no idea what it actually means. Yeah, yeah,
0: be yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, decked out in fur and stiletto boots, Jocelyn continued attending her classes, where she dominated the discussion in her assertive know-it-all tone. Oh, I'm sure she was so outspoken, but so ill-informed. That must have been a great class. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but well, okay, but it said she sowed so much promise. In fact, that a professor helped place her on a panel discussion on the Penn campus about global. Uh, uh, a panel about the Penn on the Penn campus about globalization, where she oh, okay. sat. Near, yeah, she sat near special guest Prince Charles. Um, so that. Yeah, right. Um, uh, uh, when she introduced herself to him, she's uh, to the crowd. She says, "Hi, my name is Jocelyn Kirch." She introduced herself as the crowd and Britain's future heir to the throne looked on. She said, "I'm originally from Vilna, Lithuania," <laughs> <laughs> and she went on to speak eloquently about the way globalization is stratifying societies around the world. Okay, so I guess I guess she had the chops. I mean, that is good for
1: her. Yeah. I mean, this is she. If she's able to be sort of as manipulative as she is, she's probably pretty smart.
0: Yeah. Now, Ed, on the other hand, was not faring so well. Uh, uh-huh. His boss had taken one look at his tan when they returned from Turks and Caicos and realized the sick days had been bogus and fired him.
1: <laughs> oh, shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, bro. You got yeah, to st- <laughs>
1: slather on the SPF if you're going on vacation with your sick days, for yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, man. Yeah, just rock a hoodie the whole time. <laughs> um, I remember when, when Facebook first came out and like everybody at my AT&T store was working or was on Facebook, and it was like the first time I just ever saw this happen. Uh, my my coworker Sean called out and then uh, called out sick and then posted that he was at Mo- Mohegan Sun Casino playing in, playing <laughs> <laughs> playing in a poker tournament and like everybody was just like Sean it's 2009 we all know that you skipped work
1: <laughs> yeah again like with the early social media like you learn you got to be you got to be careful about yeah that shit. yeah
0: yeah I just remember my pops hitting me up and asking me if I knew this this girl that had friend requested him when he first got a Facebook and I was like I was like, no, nah, I don't know her. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't know how I know her, Junior. I'm not going to lie. She's, she's a little young, but she's pretty hot, okay? And so I don't know. And I was like, oh, wait, Dad, that's a fake account. He goes, no, that's no, it's real. Dad. It's real. Yeah, no, she friend requested me. I was like, no, I, I get it, Dad. I was like, but I was like, did she have like one photo? He's like, yeah. I was like, do you have no mutual friends? He's like, none. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, so yeah, so Ed told, uh, yeah, so he got, uh, he definitely got fired. Uh, and at this point, you know all the things he had worked for were falling apart, and he, all he had at this point was the scam. Mm-hmm. So, Ed told a few people about his unemployed status. Instead, he and Jocelyn kept up appearances, going harder than ever. Jocelyn planned a birthday party for Ed, reserving a table for 10 at Tinto, one of the most exclusive restaurants in town. Afterwards, they were going to vacation in Morocco. They had enough cash to get by. Stowed in their apartment was uh, $17,500 fi- $17, in rubber banded and stacks. Uh, that's actually the exact price that young Jeezy claims he gets a kilo of cocaine for. Check it out <laughs> on his mixtape, Mr. 17.5. Anyways, uh, meanwhile, Ed's world had narrowed to just one person. <laughs> He now ministered to Jocelyn's every need. He fetched her lunches. He came with her to class, even reportedly taking an economics midterm for her. I don't know how he pulled that off. Um, Probably
1: a take home. Yeah, oh,
0: okay. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't know you could do that because that just seems like open the door for cheating. Um, yeah,
1: it, 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 it does. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> and he accompanied yeah he accompanied her on errands like when in November 2007 she treated herself to hair extensions it was an indulgence the couple would regret see the hairdresser this is where our story started off was when she was getting yes. the hair extensions so the hairdresser, uh, Jen Basicia stared furiously at two bogus checks from Tacoma, Washington. She had finished weaving in, quote, Morgan Greenhouse's extensions, ending a seven-hour appointment. Morgan had been pleased with the results. She'd stared at her reflection with approval as she reapplied her makeup. Then she'd flashed a Georgia driver's license and got out of there fast, leaving behind $1,900 in what Basicia claimed were phony checks, since it made little sense that a girl from Georgia would have a Tacoma bank account. Uh, just then the phone rang. It was a woman calling to to find out why she'd been charged $500 a week earlier. Oh, my God, Jen Basicia shouted. The charge had been Morgan's deposit when she called, they said they called the, the girl's dad, who sounded suspiciously young.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah.
0: The victim told Basicia her tale. She had just moved to Philly, and it turned out just across the hall from Jocelyn and Ed. Weeks later, various credit card companies notified her uh, of a batch of new accounts in her name. She told Basicia that the thieves had been using a West Philly mailing address. That's all Basishka needed to hear. Now, this is a, is, is a go getter. I like her style. Uh, she jumped in her car, found the UPS door, and from there, she started calling the cell number that Morgan quotes had left at oh, the salon. Oh, shit. Yeah. I yeah. love
1: this. I love this detective
0: hairdresser. <clears throat> That's yeah. Cool. yeah. <laughs> man, that sounds like a t- tune in this fall for detective hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she called, she dialed all night until 1130. A man picked up. She said, uh, "Is Morgan there?" But since she asked, uh, she's not available. She said, "Oh, is this Mister Greenhouse?" She said, "Which sounds like, a, <laughs> sounds like a name that like a weed dealer would go by." Uh, yeah, Completely. yeah, <laughs> Mister <laughs> Greenhouse, give me a call on the green line. Uh, so Basitia told the guy that Morgan had left her textbook behind. She said, you can come by tomorrow and pick it up, or I could drop it off to you, she suggested. The man offered to meet her at Starbucks. She said, uh, I don't feel comfortable giving Morgan's book to someone that's not Morgan, Basitia said, enjoying herself now. She said, but you know what's funny? Her name's not Morgan, and I know what's going on, and I want my money. Hey, hey get up. <laughs> oh, the chickens have come home to roost. So uh, the man hung up. Uh, so wait, why
1: did she say, I want my what? I, I want my money. Okay, yeah. She hit him with
0: yeah. a J.G. Wentworth. She was like, yo, it's my money and I need it now. Uh, <laughs> the man hung up. At 3.30 that morning, Basitia received a text message from Morgan. It read, hello, Jin Basitia. You don't know my name, but I know yours. I know your nice place on Wolf Street and how you get home at night. You're the one who should be worried. You oh, seem, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that's... At this point, yeah, like there's, there's nothing charming about that behavior. Don't ever do that. Uh, he said, you should be worried. You seem like a smart girl. Walk away now or you will regret it. Shaken, Basishia turned the message over to the police the next morning. Things unfolded quickly from there. The police discovered a package of lingerie waiting for Box 124 at the UPS store, uh, addressed to the across-the-hall victim. So the police sat back and uh, just kind of waited. They said there was a chance that these two idiots might come and pick the stuff up which they did later that that morning. Uh, they said that Jocelyn walked in wearing a red beret. <laughs> like, Beautiful. Yeah, with tired rings beneath her eyes, then sat patiently waiting while the clerk pretended to have trouble locating their package. <laughs> there beside the package tape display, Jocelyn uh, Kirsch and Edward Anderton's joyride came to an end. Uh, even after her arrest, Jocelyn clung to her fictions as long as she could. Uh, in a holding cell, her mascara smeared from crying. She tucked her long locks into her collar and insisted that it was her real hair. No way could she be the hair extension <laughs> thief. I don't. I couldn't be the hair extension thief. This is all real.
1: <laughs> that is such a funny defense. Yeah. That rules.
0: <laughs> Police had to call in a stylist to fish around in her hair and confirm its fakeness. <laughs> <laughs> That's just great. They're like, the girls is looking in there, and she's like, oh, this shit's fake, y'all. This shit's fake, officer. And they were like, thank you. Thank you very much, (laughs) ma'am. So uh, Jocelyn just sat stunned. Her huge, violet eyes open wide. (laughs) It wasn't until after her mugshot that she removed her colored contacts, uh, revealing the brown irises underneath. Jocelyn and Ed's tail could end only one way. With their parents bailing them, bailing them out of jail, of course. Uh, despite prosecutors' arguments that the pair posed a flight risk, Ed and Jocelyn were released into the custody of their families. Uh, now, at that point, they did sit in jail uh, for quite a while, both trying to negotiate a plea deal. Um, so, in that time, though, uh, this is kind of funny. Remember our, our girl Sally Cook? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Sally Cook... Um, so Sally Cook actually, so she got you know she got her six hundred bucks stolen from her and was constantly right. put down by Jocelyn.
1: Right after a long sort of quasi uh, toxic relationship with Jocelyn.
0: Yeah, and and this at this point they found out that Jocelyn uh, was talking to some of her friends and she was kind of thinking about how she could re- parlay this whole thing into who knows like a reality show, maybe a nude magazine spread. Uh, this was the <laughs> thing that she was thinking of. Uh, you know, it's a land in uh, which notoriety and celebrity are kind of one and the same. Meanwhile, Sally Cook, speaking to the reporter, said, Dr. Phil is flying me out for a taping, she said, pulling off her three-foot hookah. <laughs>
1: yes! Go, good, Sally
0: Cook! Good of Sally... Yo, know, the, the, the glow-up, the real glow-up in this whole story <laughs> is Miss Cook. Um, Get on, Dr. Phil. Yeah, she said, the media coverage is insane. She's sitting in her Marlton, New Jersey living room, her 50-inch TV turned to Jerry Springer while she looks through her trove of Jocelyn photos, all of which <laughs> have suddenly become very valuable.
1: Yes. Yeah. Sell she them. Show <laughs> <sell laughs> those <laughs> interviews. Sally
0: said, Ugh, look at this one. What a slut. <laughs> oh, she said, Cook. yeah, Cook, they said she's no dope. She's hoping to turn this into something more tangible. She said her agent's telling her that they can get five grand a picture and that for the whole, and they can get me, if she wants to go on a TV show, they can get her like 50 grand. Her eyes <laughs> twinkle at the prospect of the sheer unending possibility of it all. Edward Anderton got sentenced to four years in prison, uh, and Jocelyn actually got longer time. She got sentenced to a, a five-year sentence. Uh, Ed actually kind of took a little bit like He he felt that was incorrect. He said, I need to apologize to Jocelyn because I was a large part of her downfall, and if the two of us wouldn't have met, I don't think there's any chance of it escalating to where it was. So I'm sorry for being a part of her demise. The pair admit they stole the identities of friends and neighbors in Philadelphia to finance their lavish lifestyle. Uh, they are required to pay victims restitution. Right now, it's sitting at about a hundred thousand dollars. Hmm. So
1: I thought it would have been more. That's not awful. Yeah. I mean, no. No. It's not. It for a year. Eh, that's not terrible.
0: Yeah, but but also they they are also paying that they 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 did get sentenced to to four and five years in prison. So very true. Very yeah, true. very true. So uh, breaking out worth it. Again, you know how I feel about prison time. <laughs> like, <and> that's <laughs> always very weird to me. Uh, but I mean, you know, I guess I've skirted. Uh, I've done things in my life where prison time wasn't a risk. You know, <laughs> or like where I didn't think about the <laughs> risk of prison time. So I can maybe understand that. Worth it though. Again, I got to say, not worth it for the for, for the I, five years. They, they didn't get a lasting relationship out of it. They got notoriety. Yeah. Everyone hates them um he just got to go to the Turks and Caicos with a super hot chick and yeah
1: like they had some nice vacations they got to ride horses in Hawaii or whatever but like they really only got away with it for like a year yeah and they had to go to jail for like four and five years I say not worth it I think if they had been getting away with it for like 10 years and nobody got hurt, I would be like, it might be worth it. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, not enough time. Uh, I'm going to go with not worth
0: it. Yeah, yeah. So that's a strong, strong not worth it, folks. So that's the story of Ed Anderton and Jocelyn Kirsch. Uh, yeah, thanks for – guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, sorry we, we, we kind of had – around the holidays, things got a little nutty, so we're back in the game now, uh, 2020. We can see clearly now the rain is gone.
1: Uh. <laughs> yeah, so we're in order to make up for last month, so we released the uh, Caroline Calloway bonus last month because uh, we didn't have a free new episode. This month we're going to have this one and another new free episode for you to make up for that. Yeah. So- Thank you so much uh, for sticking with us. Yeah. Holidays, we got sick, like a bunch of stuff happened, yeah, but uh, yeah. we're back on track. It's all good now. Yes. And uh, even through all of that, we are still we still release two new episodes on our Patreon uh, every month. Um, we did it last month. We're doing it this month. That's patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. Spell out A-N-D. Lie, cheat, and steal. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. If you subscribe, we have a Discord um, chat for, for patrons. We got all our back bonus episodes, which if you pledge, you'll get instant uh, access to. So definitely check that out.
0: Yeah, guys. Yeah. You know, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. You guys are awesome. Check and follow us on Twitter. We're at uh, at LCS podcast on Twitter. You can find us. And then you can also find us on Facebook at uh, just to, like type in lie, cheat and steal and uh, you'll, you'll find us. And um, yeah, other than that guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your new year. Uh, You know, make it work for you. But whatever it is you do, above all, don't get caught.
1: Don't get caught. See you next time.
0: Bye.